What's good, y'all? Welcome to Cult America, where we discuss the weird, wonderful, and worrying rituals and sacrifices that make America great. I'm Carl Joseph Black, a Brooklyn native born into the cult that is America. And I'm Lisa Charlotte, a migrant who totally bought into the cult from afar. Happy New Year, Lise. Happy New Year. We are, you know, back finally. Yes. I got COVID over the break. Great times. My voice still hasn't fully recovered, so let's see how this goes. Yeah. Definitely had a coughing fit halfway through my other podcast, so fun times, fun times. COVID is not good for podcasters. (laughs) Shit is fucking up the podcast industry. Seriously, seriously. Um, What American thing did you do for New Year's? I, like, honestly, I drank at home and at my new place, and then we met the neighbors upstairs. We watched fireworks on the roof and met some neighbors. That was pretty cool. Nice. And then on New Year's Day, my house flooded, and our producer, Samori, came in, um, helped me carry furniture up the stairs. Oh, shit. <laughs> Yo, what? Happy New Year. So 2022 is off to a strong start. 2022 said, bitch, I'm here. Yep. <laughs> I made the mistake of, like, being optimistic about the new year. <laughs> and Look work on said, me. <laughs> slow that shit down. <laughs> Terrorism is still here. Okay? So, I don't have an America or a cult for you today because this group that we're going to talk about is just so American. I really couldn't, like, make any distinguishing. Like, I was trying to, like, be clever and I was trying to, like put it into writing like I was trying to do like a 10 minute slot on this and I just can't and I think that everybody's gonna know about this cult we're gonna talk about QAnon Ooh, <laughs> 4chan 8chan 4chan 8chan, all the chan. 4chan you know what I'm saying Jackie deep, Chan the deep the deep the deep underbelly of reddit so what all do you what do you shit. know about QAnon yo QAnon is yeah. fucking gangster but they fucking wild. bad but they fucking gangster it's wild (laughs) you know what i'm saying like i listened to so much shit about them in the last few days and i still don't think i can like i don't know like give an elevator pitch like i I was like how can i just distill this into like a few sentences and it's like i just you can't it's just it's so much you can only watch like a 10 documentary series and then you're like i think i kind of get it yeah it's it's like interesting to see QAnon kind of operate in the internet Mm. and like how so many cultures kind of like mix and also clash. It's like weird. Like also like with Pepe the frog and shit. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just an interesting to see. And and like you can't talk about the internet without talking about QAnon. Not at the can't. moment, no. Yeah. Do you know anybody who has bought into QAnon? Nobody that said anything to me about it. <laughs> like they haven't said like they're QAnon, but like they be they be talking some real QAnon shit. I see. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Like, they be out here like, "Yo, do you actually believe COVID is real?" I'm like, "Bro, like, I almost died off COVID." <laughs> 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 They're like, "But, but was it really COVID though?" <laughs> I'm like, "Yo, you really on some QAnon shit?" I'm like, "You on some QAnon shit, bro?" Like, "Oh my goodness, like, yo, what's your fortune name, dog?" <laughs> Seriously, yeah, I don't think I know anybody who's like QAnon specifically, but definitely some QAnon behaviors. Yeah, I don't think people say they're QAnon. Oh, like unless they're some like some people say they're QAnon. They're like QAnon for like the there's some benefit to saying you're QAnon. 
like almost like you're a burner well, they think page like, or they a baby. know like the truth is the thing they think yeah. they know a truth and so it's like such a like it's such a strong conspiratorial group and like i don't know it's just like people love thinking that they know shit that other people don't know yeah. like I know this, I'm smarter than everybody else because, like, I know that this thing is whatever. But, like, when I was listening to all of these, like, podcasts about it and documentaries and whatever, the thing that I think is really interesting is, like, the messages themselves are, like, so cryptic. Yeah. And then it's just, like, all these people trying to guess what it is. But there's, like, never any validation that any of it's real. Mm -hmm. It's just so, like, wild. There's a podcast called, I think it's called Q Anon Anonymous. Yeah. That, like, goes, it like, deep dives into heaps of it, which is really, really good. Which mm -hmm. I was listening to, like, quite a few episodes of before this. But I still don't think I can fully, like, say with, like, any certainty. I, like, had it as, uh, so the cult behavior this week is the group has a polarized us versus them mentality, which may cause conflict with wider society. You know, I really had to do QAnon for this one. The working title in my head for this episode was, if you don't like America, you can get out. Have you seen that South Park episode? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like one of my favorite South Park episodes when they're like fighting over what the founding fathers would say about yeah. going to war. And then like... <laughs> The conclusion is that the founding fathers would have wanted people to be protesting the war and also going to war because yeah. the people going to war, they keep the country safe and the people protesting make sure that everybody doesn't hate America. Right. And so like that was like the plan from the beginning, which yeah. I just love. That has resurfaced as like a meme mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. And they're like, what would the founding fathers say if they saw us today? And they'd be like, you freed the what? <laughs> <laughs> I also love that episode because I love that Cartman doesn't want to do his homework so much. He just like keeps trying to knock himself out so yeah. that he can have a flashback about, he's like, I wonder what it was like back then, back then. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm just trying to have a flashback. I don't want to do the fucking reading. Which like, Damn, if only we could. That'd be amazing. Yeah. So the, the topic is the in-group mentality yeah. and the origin of this sort of America love it or leave it attitude was in 1970. And it was epitomized in country songs by Merle Haggard and Ernest Tubb. The line is, well, I'm getting my, I feel it's weird saying an Australian accent, but here we are. I I'm not going to, I'm not brave enough to put on an American accent. <laughs> well, I'm getting mighty tired of seeing hippies run wild and burning down the schools and stepping on the flag. It's America. Love it or leave it. Mm. So mm -mm. it was originally aimed at anti-Vietnam War protesters and counterculture, so like hippie culture. So this is when it kind of like came into fruition. Yeah. I have had this said to me many times, by the way. I, I feel like anyone who is like anti-conservatism. Anti yeah. Or just, or just even just like slightly liberal. Or a migrant with the audacity to have an opinion about the healthcare system. Yeah, like someone <laughs> said that shit to you before. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like and and you're just like, yo, bro, I'm just asking for healthcare, dog. That's that's all I like y'all motherfuckers going to space and shit. Yeah. I just want some healthcare. <laughs> if yeah, well, if you don't like it, go somewhere else. I'm like, damn, bro, like healthcare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, A saying that to someone who's born here, like, go fuck yourself. And saying it to someone who's migrated here, like the amount of hoops that we have to jump through to migrate here. Yeah. Like, obviously there are things that I like about America yeah. if I live here. But, like, the one thing that I have to consider and the one thing that I consider is, like, aging and yeah. whether or not the healthcare system is going to take care of me in the best way possible. And so I care about the healthcare system because I care about, like, I want to stay. Cause just I just want to let like you it. know right now, it's not 
<laughs> Newsflash. <laughs> so this is why I might not be able to retire in yeah, New York. Newsflash. Is my point. It is not because it is not incentivized to. Nope. And that's uh, what terrifies me more than like the financial burden of it. Yeah. What terrifies me the most about the healthcare system here is I really don't feel like it's in their interest. Like they're not like trying to like take care of me. They're trying to make money and that's the wrong way to incentivize Absolutely. the healthcare system. Yeah. Anyway, so this love it or leave it was mostly employed, surprisingly, by white male Americans. Of course they were. And it has been recently utilized by Trump and other racist politicians. Oh, yeah. And it's just, yeah, as I said, like when someone has a critical perspective about the U.S., like you were saying as well, then they take it as like, you don't love the U.S. You don't fucking love us. The implication being that people of color don't truly belong in America. It also perpetuates the norm that only white American citizens can be critical of America. And I'm going to say that, like, white American men as well, because I think that even American women get this quite a lot. Um, In terms of, like, bringing up abortion rights, for example, or women's oh, reproductive yeah, rights absolutely. and all of that kind of stuff. But, like, it's weird because there's, like, a whole... I, I don't know if I should call them a subset or if I should call them a slight minority or asylum. I don't know what to call them. But, You're talking about conservative women right now? Yeah, but there's yeah, they, they oh yeah, just, they just be out here, cool with cool with the with the patriarchy. Yeah, like I met just, those women. They're the they're the like pick me women. The pick me, pick me, pick uh, me, like okay. pick me girls. Like okay. I'm not like the other girls. I'm cool because I'm down with the patriarchy. Got like, I'm one of the boys. Got yeah, you for sure. Got you. What about the really religious women? Yeah, <clears throat> who are just or really like, religious women. Yeah, they're just like, yo, like, I don't, just don't believe in that shit. Yeah, like, you know women's I mean? places in the home, and I'm happy with that. That's yeah. cool for you, babe. Okay. Yeah, I definitely need, like, like kind of kind of go into describing these different types of women, if you can. You want me to just talk about different types of white women? Sure, because, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know that many white women. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> So I'm just like, okay, let me just <laughs> let me just hit the source real quick. Cool. I love that you're encouraging me to go outside of the research and into my brain. I mean, I don't know. Truthfully, no, I do have I do I don't think we talked about this before. I don't think I have that many white American women who are friends. Mm. Like I have white friends, but they're from like they're migrants. Ah, got it. Yeah, I think there's a lot that we could discuss in that. You know, anytime you live overseas, it's it's kind of frustrating right. to be always have that be like your first identity marker the second that you open your mouth. Yeah. I've gotten to a point now where I think sometimes, especially like in a small interaction, people might not realize exactly that I'm Australian because I sound a little American. They're like, oh, maybe she has an accent, but we're not sure. Like what part of America are you from? <laughs> it's probably what but how thinking. often do you get, because like I get asked about where I'm from, like, every interaction with a new person that i have yeah like how often do you get because like i get asked that like 10 times a day I'm i get just asked like, that a lot really like where, you, like where you from yeah okay yeah a lot of folks ask me where i'm from it's interesting the other interesting thing about that here is people always want to know your heritage as well yeah which i'm like fuck i don't know well because there's the so whites. many like there's so many different cultures in new york mm. and then there's so many different walks of life in new york that you know, that whole where you from thing is just a great place for many people to start. You know, there's so many interesting things. Like, for example, right before I went to law school, I used to drive a cab. Really? Yeah, I drove a cab for a little while. Nice. Like an actual, like, yellow taxi cab? No, a green one. Okay, but, like, it wasn't <laughs> like a, an Uber. It was like a cab. It was like, 
And a, a New York City taxi and limousine commission oh, wow. colored with the number thing on top cab. That's so cool. People were like, oh, so where are you from? And I was like, oh, I'm from like here. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh, I've never seen like a New Yorker dude <laughs> drive a cab. <laughs> they're usually not from here, you know? And I was like, yeah, like I'm from here, you know, grew up here, whatever. And like most of the people I would obviously come across are people who aren't from here, mm-hmm. but like they moved to New York. People want to get a cab when they come. Like, the first time I went to New York, I was like, I got to get a cab because it's, like, so so New York. York. Like, it's it's so ridiculous. And, like, so many people who lived here 8, 10, 12, 15 years, Mm. whatever, they're like, yo, like, you don't understand. We do not come across native New Yorkers. It's like, you guys are like a fucking dime a dozen. I'm like, we're fucking everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I no, mean? No, but I think migrants but, stay in migrant communities. And yeah. it's easy. And it's easy because it's like a shorthand that you understand depending on like where you're from. Like people with Lou and I a lot, like it's so much easier for us because we're both like lived in the same places. Yeah. And, and we're both migrants. So we both understand like the visa shit. We both understand what it's like to live like really far away from family. Yeah. We have like the Commonwealth, like beans for breakfast and like we say like 10 different words to mean the same thing that Mm -hmm. are like british australian american but like we always know what the fuck we're talking about so it's like fine but like it is definitely like a strong connection and i feel the same thing with like my other friends who are migrants it's like oh this is easy we like all get it it's like fucking hard especially like australians and canadians or like australians and brits it's like we are all like commonwealth and there's like some level of similarity in our culture but yeah, I can totally see how migrants could be here and not know native New Yorkers. Yeah, and and even like folks who just come from other states mm. and move to New York. Yeah, because like, a lot of my other friends are also from out of state. Yeah, so they're just like, I got my crew, I'm chilling with my crew. And that's like, mm. and, and they have a mentality. Mm-hmm. And that's some sort of like Ingrid mentality, but... But I know you did a bunch of research. You mm-hmm. and Thea. I, a- like, I think it's cute how you think that I did the research. <laughs> oh, oh, look. Look. <laughs> look. You know. you know I read what she gave me. Though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so back to the research. Yeah. And not just us having a conversation. Well, yeah, because I'm, I'm trying to identify, like, so, so like, when it comes to in-group mentality. Mm-hmm. Like, when does it go from affinity to in-group mentality? Yeah. So I think that, you know, we've spoken before about this, like, definition of America. And definitely, like, for us being in New York, like, we're definitely, like, not American. But in America, it's, like, very interesting. The kind of, like, culture war that's been ongoing, which, like, definitely is different here in New York where it's so diverse. But, like, yeah, It's definitely like white supremacy in action. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) Our Mm -hmm. old friend has surfaced again. And so I guess at the moment what's happening is there's like this always been this equivalence to whiteness in what is American, which is kind of coming to an end and being more redefined now. Yeah. We hope. (laughs) We gotta pray. But I guess it comes down to this idea of like, Imagine communities, which I think we've spoken about before. That was a term coined by Benedict Anderson. Mm Mm-hmm. And so it's this idea that, like, for a nation to be strong, like, we need to have, like, this, like, ideal of, like, what we are. And I think that's where America has a lot of, like, push-pull. Like, the South versus, like, you know, the rest, 
the rest of the country is like, <laughs> or the fly. I talk with my hands. I just smack the microphone, or like the flyover states, or like the metropolitan cities. Like it's such a big country. It's like fifty countries more, like yeah. in this country. Yeah. And I think that's what people outside of America don't really think about when they're thinking about America. Yeah. But I think also within America, there's a massive crisis. Like, what is American to you is not American to like a white dude from the south is not American to right. a migrant. You know, living in California is not like it's it's a very different concept to everybody and so I think this idea like where this sort of like imagined community of American comes from is from a place of like desire for national unity but I mm. think that definitely with the political climate being as like charged as it is culture wars yeah culture wars it's like now it's sort of it morphed into this thing that's like rather than a thing of unity is sort of a thing of disunity yeah separation and none of that is actually really from the notes. That's just me, <laughs> just Yo, talking. That's just Lisa. That's just me on chatting, the mic, spitting <laughs> hot fire. <laughs> oh dear. So it's just like this idea of trying to form like a, a common language and understanding. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a weird thing, but so like bringing it to a psychological level because it's always fun to talk about psychology. Mm -hmm. People feel safer when they're in a group. Like this us versus them, this like if you don't like it, you yeah. can get out. That's a very like human desire. It's why yeah. we like, you know, going for a sports team or like, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a safety thing. We've yeah. always sort of existed like that. And so that's why like this has become like use in this way, this idea of like, what is American? Yeah. Um, this It's like the competitive vibe. It's like categorization of people. And so this is why I thought it was interesting to talk about QAnon today because this has like become its own like in-group within an in-group. It's yeah. like they feel like they have knowledge that other people don't have. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so it's it's a very interesting topic, but I think it's, it's kind of an interesting thing to think about what in groups you think that you're in within America. Like, mm. cause like for me, I'm going to say like, obviously I'm a woman, I'm a migrant, I'm queer. So like all of those feel like very in groups for me yeah. here. I'm Australian, which like is a whole subculture thing here now, yeah. little Australia shout out. And so like, that's another thing. But then I also feel kind of in group with like people in Commonwealth. I'm also like a podcaster, I guess that's an in group, you know, there's like yeah. so many of them that we have in our lives, but have you had experiences of like, feeling like you're in the out group? Do you have a stronger affiliation to like being a New Yorker? Do you have a stronger affiliation to being black than you do being American or Haitian or whatever? Like, yeah. tell me about it. So like in college, in college, most of the people were, so I went to a state college in Pennsylvania. It's called Kutztown University of Pennsylvania. And it's just essentially a school that most of the people who attend there are from either Philadelphia, suburban Philly, or, you know, Lancaster County, where the Amish are at, and surrounding areas. Mm -hmm. So when I went to college, I was, like, the only, like, New Yorker. So I was automatically out group, right? Yeah. But it was interesting because New York has its, like, own brand across the U.S. So what ends up happening is people just, like, start asking you to say things. Like... <laughs> say coffee we did that to a kid in our class who was american when i was younger and now i look back and i'm like the poor kid yeah we made him say coffee all the time i was like a fucking i was like a, <laughs> a fucking 
<laughs> clown. They're like, that's okay. People make me say no all the like, time. They're like, dance. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, dance. Say, say coffee. That's say, amazing. That happens within America. Say son. <laughs> what up, son? And I was like, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I'm walking here. <laughs> I'm walking. Here. Yeah, gabagoo. Gabaku, <laughs> motherfucker! Like I'm just like, yo, like okay. I'm like, all right, like okay. Out group still, mm. but get it. Sometimes being in the out group is your in though. It's your in, mm. but but the other thing was that like I also felt like because I was a New Yorker, I had to remind everyone that I was a New Yorker, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like so, it's this. It's like our group, but proud. Yeah. Right? I think that happens, though. Whenever I'm out of Australia, I'm way more proudly Australian. Yeah. Well, like, I haven't lived in the state. I was born in since 2005. And so, what, like, 17 years ago? Mm-hmm. And, like, I fucking hated it. But, like, now I'm like, don't you say shit on my state. Word. Yeah, like, fuck off. Like, I'm way more proudly, like, South Australian than mm-hmm. I ever am in real life. Because mm. I'm like, don't fucking talk about my city. Word. Yeah. That, it, that's how that's how I feel about New York. I'm mm. just like, whoa, 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 what you said? Mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, 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 uh. But then you're here and you're like, fucking street. Like, New Yorkers can complain about New York, though. Like, I complain yeah, about New York when I'm here, but right. if anybody else complains, I'm like, that's just how it fucking is. Like, this greatest city in the world, get over yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, get over <laughs> that shit. <laughs> my parents are coming, and I feel like that's going to be said a lot. What's crazy is I've definitely said you don't like it, leave about New York. <laughs> but I mean, that's different from telling <laughs> someone like, to leave their country. Like, it's true. If you don't like New York, you should just leave. I'm like, you don't like that shit? Go back home then. There are a lot of other places in America you can live. <laughs> there are me. even places, like, you could just go a little upstate. You could really travel for, like, Absolutely. an hour and live very differently than it is in the Absolutely, city. Absolutely, yeah. Like, if you're here, you choose. Yeah, okay. I do say that's a New York, too. Yeah, we're assholes. Look at us. We're such yeah. asshole New Yorkers. We <laughs> are. We are the QAnon. If you don't like of, it, you can fucking get out. We are QAnon New Yorkers. <laughs> <laughs> but being a New Yorker, it does feel like it is this. Like we're all in this fucking cult together. Like we all bought into it. We're like, this is the greatest city in the world. Yeah. The amount of fucking shit we put up with every day on a day to day basis, and we're like, no, 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 greatest city in the world. Yeah. And like, get out. No, no. And we're, it's like, it kind of does feel like that Q and O experience. Like, like, we know something yeah. that you don't about yeah, this like, city. Yeah, I don't fucking get it. Yeah, you just don't get New York. <laughs> it's not. It's not New York. It's you. It's get the you. fuck out. <laughs> straight up and it's and it's all the things that we usually hate that we love telling other people we love exactly we're like bro have you ever seen a rat pull a pizza down the stairs <laughs> no why would shit. i want to see that that shit is fucking great only in new york <laughs> statistically it's like something like there's always a rat at least eight feet within eight feet of you the hallways in New York. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. And like we just live with that every day. And they're just fucking bold. And as then hell. people have the audacity to ask me about spiders in Australia. I'm like, yo. Well, I, nah, there nah, are nah, so nah. many rats here. Nah, nah. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. I cannot let you get away with that shit, Samori. Samori, did she just try to slide by with the spiders? Yo, Lise. Yo, listen. It's fine. The spiders are fine. Those they don't want to bother you. They those spiders you. look like if they bite you, your body will fall apart. It's fine. And them shits be big as hell, Lisa. No, the big ones are usually safer than the smaller ones. They're the ones who will kill you. Eat. But you know what? The fact guns that both of them. Guns kill so many more people than spiders. Just leave them alone. You said guns? Yes. Sure. But like, spiders are They're fucking fine. crazy, bro. They're fine. 
it's fine. And yeah, that's our fucking Australia cult. We're like, all of it's fine. We just live in harmony with these yo, things. Every time I see some crazy insect, <laughs> I'm like, yo, where the fuck is that? They'd be like, Australia. I'm like, it's always Australia. It is always. It's always Australia. <laughs> it's always some. But crazy that's our shit. cult. So mm-hmm. I get it. I all get right. It. We gone way off track. I think we should go for an ad break and um, listen to a few other people talk for a minute. All right. Cool. Human beings are kind of programmed to think like the rest of the people in their immediate group and surroundings and they want to feel like they're similar to the people around them they want to feel understood and they want to look around and see people who are not too different from them and who they feel like they have similarities with people that look like them Um, people just are programmed to want to feel like they belong and I think something that people don't always realize with adopted kids, especially if you adopt a child um, who is um, a person of color, um, of a different race than the parents that are adopting the child, and you've got white parents raising a little brown child, which is what happened to me, um, they don't really necessarily realize that now the kid is an outsider in their own home, even more so than they would be as just an ordinary, any adopted child already, you know, has that feeling anyway. But when you stick out like a sore thumb like that, and then, you know, you might be an outsider or an outcast for other reasons in school or in your regular life. But when you go home, you should be able to feel like you belong and like you're part of that group and like you relate to those people around you. And unfortunately, when you're, you don't look like your family and you don't look like anyone in your general group, then you don't have that. So you just end up feeling like an outsider and you don't get to be part of the group. And that does have um, lasting effects. I'm a member of the Latinx community and I have always struggled to fit in, especially as a Puerto Rican, because even though we know we're a mix of European, indigenous, and African peoples, we always cherry pick the features that we should have. And I've never necessarily fit that description. So although my hair is curly, it's always just been a little too coarse. And although I am light skinned, my nose has just always been a little too wide. So these things have made it hard when fitting in with other Puerto Rican kids in high school or even dating. I think it took me a long time to realize where these issues with my appearance came from. And it was that our culture constantly suppresses our Black heritage. We suppress it because we have this Eurocentric mentality of being like our colonizers and it's led to a lot of racist and colorist beliefs um, which I firmly stand against which has often put me at odds with other people in my community it also leads us to not want to stand up for racial injustice 
and stand with other Black communities in the U.S. that don't come from a Latinx background um, because we think it's not our problem. We think we're not really Black. And, you know, I just am grateful for movements like the Afro-Latino movement that get in the faces of that Eurocentric mentality and acknowledge that we are Black, just like we do have European roots, just like we do have Indigenous roots, and that Latinx is not a race. It cannot be defined as one race or one set of features. When thinking about group mentality, one of the things that most people have to realize is that groups, uh, human beings, operate best in a group. Um, they thrive in groups. Uh, that's why we have cities. That's why we have different societies. But one of the things that um, happens when a group of human beings get together is that generally there tends to be a, a consensus thought on how they should behave, how they should think. And this consensus tends to be known as a group mentality. Uh, however, within that consensus, you often have individuals who may think differently, but in order to um, operate within the whole group, they tend not to, um, as the expression go, rock the boat. So group mentality often then sort of becomes the consensus, but not necessarily unanimous. Um, and generally you will occasionally have those individuals who says, nope, I, I don't stand with the group. And those individuals tend to be either ostracized or they can become the impetus for a new mindset. But group mentality has been with human beings from the beginning and will continue to be with human beings as long as they form different groups. Those groups could be race, gender, um, class, but as long as they form groups, those groups will um, have a similar mindset. I, I think what's interesting is the first two was really focused on like outward markers of appearance and how yeah. that plays into in-group mentality. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I feel like all of my in-groups like that I feel like I'm a part of, as in like my identifying in-groups, have nothing to do with how I look, unless like maybe being a woman. But like, mm -hmm. I don't know. I yeah, don't, I it, don't know if I'm in the white in-group. I probably am on a day-to-day -day basis in terms of like how I exist in society. But I'm definitely in the black in-group. I'm a dissenter. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm definitely in the black in-group, mm. right? And there's it, it's not stated. Like for example, black man walk into a building, see another black man, you give him the brother nod. Oh yeah, I'm. I do. I see this a lot with you know uh, my roommate. She she has a lot of nods yeah, going on when she's walking down the street. Now. I'm like, okay. Like, I see you. You mm. see me. We see each other, mm -hmm. right? And like, so like, it doesn't have to be said, but you know, we know what time it is, mm -hmm. right? And and there are these other like little things that I've had experiences in terms of how I look with another black man and how he looks, and like, we'll be in a situation like, for example. When, when I was working on Wall Street, we were in the middle of a deal. And there was a black dude who was an analyst at another bank. Mm -hmm. And he was there with his team. And I was there with my team. And there were two guys, you know, one guy on my team, one guy on his team, that just started going at it with each other. I think they knew each other for a while. They might have gone to the same college or something. Mm -hmm. But they just started throwing rib shots in the arguments. And me and the black dude, 
we're giving each other like the a look like <laughs> like just but like you know we don't know each other yeah we've never come across each other yeah but like we looking at each other like yo we need to get the fuck out of here or it's these muff are these motherfuckers okay or yo they could just do that you know yeah i've had yeah similar experience being with only one other woman in the room yeah and then dudes start doing some and we just both like huh are we really really (laughs) watching this all right i guess is this really happening like right especially like a lot of whiskey tastings and stuff because they're always like shitty to women exactly you're like there's one other chick there and you're just both like rolling your eyes at each other the whole time right and and that's a form of like like, yo, we both get it. We mm. are both part of the same group that thinks the same about this particular situation, right? Just based on how we look, you know? So I, I've had that experience, and it's very nuanced, of course. But I definitely see that. It was when Shorty said, because my nose was a little too wide. And I was like, shit, like, we really judging people on nose size. Yeah, you like- know. Her nose isn't, like, thin enough yeah. to be Puerto Rican. And, you know, obviously it makes me think about, like, celebrities and how they do plastic surgery to alter mm-hmm. their appearances. And, you know, to kind of agree with her, mm-hmm. you know, it usually is to look a bit more Eurocentric. Mm-hmm. Um, My nose is even too big for a white person, apparently. Yeah. I've been told to get a nose job before it's, by people. You know, and, 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 and like... It, it it's just very weird for me to watch people appreciate black culture so much but not want to look like black people. Mm. Um, but then there's been some really interesting conversations around that and like people now wanting like a big booty and like people having lip fillers and yeah, getting BBL. like what's the like thing you get fill, butt filler? BBL. BBL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Butt lift. Damn, I grew up it's my whole lifestyle. life being told my ass was too big. Yeah. It's in fashion now. That's what. It's, it's great. You just have to wait till <laughs> turn, girl. That's a wait. So in all my teenage turn. and young years, when I was like so awkward about my body, everyone was telling time. me that I was too big. And now it's just like, body just, girl. I'm like, okay. It's just right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I'm so happy my body finally came into fashion. But it is because of women of color that it has. Yeah. Because for like a white woman, I'm not supposed to look like this. And what's interesting, I don't, I don't know. Like I can't really... I can't really speak about it from a first-hand perspective, but I've definitely heard black women say that men prefer white women with black women's bodies than black women. For you to like one race that looks that particular way, but to not want the same thing out of a woman in your race, Mm. I feel like there's something deeply embedded in that. Yeah, I think it's... I think there's, like, I don't think it's anything that anybody's consciously doing. I think it's, like, a, a war between, like, what you're told to like and what you like. So I think that, like, uh. you know, you're told to preference whiteness. You're told to preference skinny. You're told to preference these things. And I feel like there's some kind of battle where they're, like, picking – they're picking one, right? Yeah. They're, like, like a black dude's picking – a white lady, but she's got the curves of a black lady. Yeah. Or a white dude is picking, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah. there, there's like, there's something going on that's like deeper that I don't think is conscious. Yeah. yeah. Well, you see it happen. And I think this is interesting. And like, this is something maybe you can comment on when you see black celebrities who are women dating white men, that seems to be fine. You see black men who are celebrities who date white women. That seems to always have a backlash. Tell me about it. Explain it to me. Yeah, yeah. I would think that the black men that are white 
are with white women are probably subconsciously with white women because there was a period of time when black men weren't allowed to be with white women and being with a white woman, they would even more so believe that they're equal to white men because I think for some men it's like that. And, And usually it's associated like successful black men are, are associated with, being with white women which is why and then Kanye just like went and perpetrated it with saying and when he get on he gonna leave your ass for a white girl Mm -hmm. right and then like he left his first black woman who was with him when he was super fucked up to be with Amber who was light skin Mm. to then be with Kim who's Armenian to now being with Julia Fox, who's just white. Yeah. She's super white. (laughs) Just white. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he's doing this as he's more successful. He's just like the more successful I get, the whiter I'm going to get. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Kanye is 9 billion deep and he's like white woman time. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So I understand the, I understand the angst that there is when you see a black man with a white woman. But I also, you know, me, I'm, I'm with a black woman. I've dated one white woman seriously and kind of just had flings with others. But, like, I've I've dated majority black women my whole life. And I'm with a black woman now, mm. right? And the thing that I understand also, as just a human, you can't help who you love or like. Yeah. Right? It's interesting, like, living here and being around, like, different, like, I honestly, like, day to day, like with people of so many different races all the time. It's, I've never, I mean, I used to live in really white places. I dated white people because I was in white places. Everyone was white. So like I meet white people, I date white people. If you're in a city like New York or like, you know, Melbourne or whatever, and you're interacting with different people all the time, then you're going to date different people. I never really thought about race and dating actually. Yeah, I don't think about gender either. I just don't think about any of it, but like it's, it's just interesting to me to hear that perspective. And it's, I've always found it really interesting on like black Twitter and stuff. You see these different things and like you Mm -hmm. hear these different perspectives and you're like, why? So thanks for explaining it to me from your perspective. Yeah. You know, and Samori probably knows this too, but like, but I got to deal with the backlash of it. I'm just like, yo, I ain't even the black dude dating the white women. Why am I getting beat up for the black dude that's dating the white women? But I get shame for it too. So like I've, in different types of ways have experienced issues externally for these things. So a, like if I ever date outside my race and if I date more than one person, so for example, in Australia, like I dated a couple of South Asian dudes, like Melbourne is full of South Asian dudes. I dated two and Mm. they were completely different people, completely different ages, completely different careers. And someone said to me, Oh, you, it's your type. What the fuck does that mean? Because, like, in my whole dating history, you've seen me date two South Asian dudes. Mm. And the same thing happens with, like, if if you're a white woman who dates outside your race, you get shit in a way, like, because you're dating outside your race. But then you also get, like, basically told that, like, you have a type. So, like, date more than one black man. Oh, that's your type. The fuck it's not. But then also, obviously, the person I was with previously most recently is black Mm -hmm. and you get side eyes from black women. He, he would get side eyes. We would get weird looks being together. Like it, you do kind of still, and that's crazy to me in New York city. You're like, we're in like this amazing melting pot diversity. And like this shit is happening. It's wild to me. 
the the experiences that I've encountered about this black man thing mm. is they looking at you, mad at you, because you stole one of theirs, and they looking at him like, how the fuck could you do this to us? Mm. Like, you let us down, brother. You let us down, brother. Why would you do that? Like, like that's what's happening. And it shouldn't be that way. Mm. But obviously, I'm probably going to get dragged on Twitter for saying it shouldn't be that way. Somebody on Twitter is going to be like, look at this white apologist black man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's because he ain't go to where HBCU. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we just wanted to jump in to this conversation that we were having about race and dating and uh, include a black woman's perspective. That would be nice. Uh, so <laughs> we're joined by Lungwe Zako, who is guesting on our 9 to 5 bonus episode. And yeah. So the okay. question that I posed to Carl was, why is it okay? Like, And I, I say this is very broadly. Like, This has been my what I've seen in the media. Why does it seem that black men dating white women get a lot of hate and black women dating white men don't get so much hate? Mm-hmm. So for the black woman, the assumption was always that if a black man dates a white woman, there was some type of like, you know, personal self-loathing that was going on. Like, especially if they shit on black women while they're dating white women. So that was always the oh, mindset. Oh, I agree with you. Black men be doing that shit. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. It's a bit hurtful. Black because men say that to me. Black like, men yeah. be doing that shit. They like, will yeah. say yeah. to me with their yeah. whole chest, yeah. I do not date black women. Yeah. Like, that's the thing that, like, yeah. even me anecdotally has experienced yeah. more than once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Black men do be trying to flex on black women <laughs> with white women. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And they be trying to flex on white men with white women. Yes. Like, black men be trying to flex with their white women heavy. Love being used as a prop like that. Like, like you know what I'm cool. saying? They're like, totally totally respectful totally, to you totally as well. Fine. You know what I'm saying? Totally awesome, great. awesome Donald Trump shit. Look at my African-American over there. Yeah. Isn't he great? Like, <laughs> black men be like, look at my white woman over here. You Isn't know? she great? Like, you know what I mean? They be doing Fuck. that. They, black men be doing that. Okay, and it's okay. true. With both sides, it does, it does get a little problematic because mm-hmm. there is a few that would say the same thing, like black women who are like, oh, no, no, black men narrative, all of that, mm-hmm. and just actively date white men or mm. men you know pocs whichever way you want to swing mm-hmm. and on the male side as well but my only issue is when it becomes a bit too like yes okay fine it's your preference when it becomes a little fetishy then it's like oh no no you're specifically looking for a white person to date because you're ha- you have this idea of what your future is going to look like of, right i want to have the mixed babies with the pretty eyes and the soft curly hair that's manageable and all that stuff yeah when it gets to that point very problematic because I'm like, no, 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 no. You're going beyond, like, you're not even trying to acknowledge the person who you're dating. It's become like a caricature of what you assume is going to be your future. Right. I, yeah. Right. Then it becomes like, uh uh-uh. uh. I think and white people do healthy. this too. White people do the mixed baby bullshit. Yeah. They do the like, I want to, I want to date a black man shit. Like, yeah. People do that. But like, why do black women in public, like, why did they? kind of get caught on today. I do think there is a bit of a weird assumption for women specifically that if they're just happy with whatever they get, they'll be fine. Mm. Which, I mean, look, it's a bit hurtful, you know, but it's fine. I guess this is the world we're living in. I do think if you decide that you want to date a specific person and just claim it as preference, you do have to put an extra effort to make sure that you're not doing problematic shit or Mm -hmm. like you're not stereotypically 
going towards something that you know for a fact is going to be a long-term issue to deal with. So like I dated somebody who, well, he's Hispanic. And at first I was, I was fine with it. Cause I'm like, Hey, look, global third culture kid. I'll just, I mean, I date everybody, mm-hmm. you know, across the board, the, across the spectrum, you know, we're, yeah. we're quite the UN over here. So, <laughs> and there was a point I remember he had been talking about his family and how colorist they were mm. and how he was like the darkest one in his family. And he was like light skinned, okay? And I'm like, okay, but you do know you're dating a black woman, right? Like I just, I asked him straight up and he's like, yeah, yeah, I've dated a black woman before because before me, his type was more Asian. Mm. Um, so I was technically kind of the first one he dated, dated for real, for real. Like before it was flings for him, but it got interesting when I asked about his like aunties and all of that. And he was like, yeah, um, I don't know if we can keep going because I already feel like they are going to be very colorist to you. Mm. And I don't know if I'll be able to defend you Mm. because you'd have to just hold your own. And I'm like, which is like, also fuck that. Like you can't help the family you're born into, but you can help how you respond to the family. you're Yeah. Yeah. So that was where my headspace was like, okay, Mm. so long term wise, am I willing to deal with this? Yeah. Like, is that what relationships and love is supposed to be? Mm. Cause you know, so in that headspace, absolutely can see how you're like, ugh, we'll just take what we can get. But Mm -hmm you got to deserve way better for yourself, man. Yeah. Like that, at least that's my mindset with it. So, yeah. Especially if you date outside of your like culture, Mm. right? Like for example, if you are American and you decide to date a Jamaican person, Mm -hmm. right? Like you already have to deal with the cultural differences. So then for those cultural differences to also have an element of colorism within them, makes it even more difficult to like have a loving relationship with the whole person Mm -hmm. because you know every person is a product of their family in some way shape or form whether they love their family or not they Mm -hmm. still are a product of them so in this very weird way you're like you have been influenced by this in somehow in some way and maybe it doesn't manifest itself in the way they treat you but it might be the way they treat someone else mm. or it might be the opinions that they carry mm. or how they respond to certain things. Yeah. Right. And that's what that told me. Yeah. Like he was influenced by this family because he wasn't willing to defend you religiously throughout your relationship. He's influenced by that. And it's not a like, I'm not saying he's a bad person. I am. Or any. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm sorry. To say, like, to someone's face, <laughs> you are going to be harassed, and you have to take that, and you have to manage that. Like, we're in a romantic relationship, yeah. and, like, you need to... No, defend fuck me. off. Absolutely like, the fuck def- not. It's like, fucking defend me, motherfucker. Exactly. But it's like... But he... Because he grew up in that. He's mm. like, I'm not really trying to defend yeah. you all the time. And it's like... Well, if you're not trying to defend me all the time, is it because you think this shit is okay? Mm. <laughs> like, is yeah, it, for real. Like, mm. like, are you accepting that your family is like this, mm. and like you shouldn't be? But that's because of the influence, mm-hmm. you know. So, it just makes love much, much harder than it already is. Mm. Right? Okay, um, so. Your point that you made is sort of the point yeah. you're making too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to wrap this up. Thank you for coming in and just lending your voice. I, f- I was feeling uncomfortable about like sharing this without like bringing in extra perspectives and yeah. Yeah. Happy to help loves. Happy okay. to help. Thank Check you out the coming. bonus episode for more, more of Lou. Word. 
these conversations are important because no one has them because yeah. people sit in their silos, they sit in their in-groups and they have these conversations amongst themselves and then they get mad at people for not understanding and it's important to understand. I feel very privileged being from another country because I could have I kind of took everything in at the same time. Yeah. Like I'm trying to understand American culture. I'm trying to understand black American culture. I'm trying to understand like a lot of things at once. Yeah. And so, but not everybody has the opportunity to go and do that. And so you're sort of on the outside looking in, trying to work mm -hmm. things out and like work out why things are the way they are. So I think it's an interesting conversation to have. It's also And like, I live in my fucking head in this utopian society where like everybody can be bisexual and date whoever they want. Yeah. But um, I know that's not the reality for most people. But people are also having these discussions in echo chambers, in mm. groups, right? Mm. Like, and what I find what I find most interesting about this mentality and like just how it's also still applied on social media and then social media also perpetrates it, right? So like somebody who thinks a certain way will like certain tweets from people who think similar mm. like certain posts on facebook or instagram from people who think similar and that's all they will see so you know everything i just you know this conversation like it'll be actually really difficult for you to have it on social too Absolutely. And, oh, and no, because, I don't fuck with this shit on yeah, social media. Yeah. I stayed, I shut the fuck up. I just watch these conversations happen yeah. and just, it's not my place to comment or mm -hmm. like or whatever. I'm yeah. just, I'm just, I'm out. I'm just eating popcorn. Well, not, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm just over here just trying to watch and like understand different people. Yeah. But like to bring it back to like the in-group mentality, like even outside of social media, just under a quarter of Americans say that they seldom or never interacted with people who don't share their partisan affiliation. Mm. So like, that's to me like I've always grown up with like all of these different like political views around yeah. and like it makes it really easier to understand how people can be so deeply in what they're in if they're not like having these difficult conversations and like trying to understand the other side. Yeah, but it's hard to mm. if your entire environment is people who feel the same as you. Yeah. So like which one of y'all are going to wake up and say, word, let's just have a conversation about something we know absolutely nothing about. And just, you know, we're, we're going to play ball with things we don't believe in. Mm -hmm. Like, nah, people are just going to keep talking about the shit that they like and care about, you know. And and that's, interestingly enough, is the reason why I loved the internet in the beginning. Mm. Because the internet didn't have algorithms that fed you the things that you liked Instead, you just, you know, it was kind of like how Instagram, you should just have the chronological feed. Um, feed. So you just had to see what motherfuckers posted. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So you saw a bunch of shit you liked, but you also saw a bunch of shit you didn't give a fuck about. But, like, it was part of the discovery. Yeah. You know what I mean? That made it, like, fun. Um, And, you know, in early internet, we had, like, battle rap chat rooms and we had fucking AOL shit. So you spoke to bunch of other people who introduce you to different shit mm. right it was like a great place for that before the upvote button came and then like after that it just became an echo chamber of things people liked that's why say. i like i like following hashtags on twitter because i feel like hashtags if you go into the hashtags or like what's going on you tend to get pretty diverse perspectives yeah. still which i really appreciate i just make burner pages oh yeah i make burner pages yeah i got burners <laughs> You'll never know what they are, though. <laughs> no, I, I make burner pages just to follow different conversations. Interesting. Um, So, like, I'll, I'll make burner pages, and I'll go, and I'll be like, all right, who is the opposite of this particular 
type of thought. Mm-hmm. I'll follow them, mm-hmm. right? Because in law school, I was getting punished for who I followed. Oh, really? Yeah, like people would follow me on social and then see who I followed and be like, "Why do you follow him? Why do you why do you follow Joe Rogan on Twitter?" And I'm like, I'm like, "Yo, like Joe Rogan was on Fear Factor, fam." Like, <laughs> I'm like Joe Rogan. But Joe Rogan been around my whole life. Like he was on Fear Factor. Yeah. I was watching him make people eat roaches, bro. Uh-huh. Like Joe Rogan is culture, and they're like, "But do you know that he perpetuates the patriarchy?" And I'm like, <laughs> "I'm like, yeah, he does." But he used to make people eat roaches. Okay. <laughs> like, like, like this. Just... I mean, I can't stand him, but I don't hate on anyone for who they follow. Yeah. Like, it's it's because it, I think it's important to follow people that you don't agree with. Yes. And I do follow people that I don't agree with because I'm just interested to sort of see, as you said, like see where the other yeah. conversations are, and I don't have the energy for a burner page. But yeah. yeah, like all of these, like all of these things, it's really geographical as well. So like, it's becoming more and more about urban versus suburban. So yeah. like rural areas, they think that urban areas are like using up all their resources to like, you know, be evil in the city. Yeah. <laughs> so it's becoming like this urban suburban thing, which like, you know, I think that in different areas, let's just make a broad statement and say that the suburban idea of what America is, is much more white than the urban idea of America. Yeah. I follow. I try to follow a lot of people who are not in New York and California yeah. uh, online, and that's also a very interesting conversation about about everything. Yeah, suburbia is definitely like being that I've lived in both, mm. or rural um, and rural. Well, I've never lived in a rural area. I've yeah. lived in a suburban area. I like the urban suburban rhyme, but I'm talking about rural. Rural, rural is like I uh, is one house. Yeah. For like 10 miles type shit. Yeah. All right, so I've never lived in that. But what I would say is that even from the urban and suburban perspective, like people in the suburbs have an idea of what the city people are. Mm. It's just like that. It's a, like usually those who like grew up in the suburbs and never lived in the city. Usually they're broken into two parts. So it's usually one person is like. Oh, I always wanted to live in the city. I wonder what it's like. Right. And then there's, it's filled with crime. They're having sex all the time. My favorite <laughs> is like the people who are like, oh, I could never live in New York. Yeah. 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 Like, those. It's just so, yeah. I yeah. know exactly what you're talking about. Um, this so is like my like, family, to be honest. And then there's this air of we live better than them, like in terms of, morality Mm. in terms of structure we work hard we don't play we pray Mm -hmm. we go home and i think there are some aspects to that in terms of rural culture at least from people that i've met from Mm -hmm. that culture especially in college i had one friend who like grew up on a farm in Mm. the middle of like pennsylvania Mm -hmm. and it was weird to see how he was on campus yeah he went to class (laughs) <laughs> that's super weird yeah yeah no uh, he went to class that was weird no i'm joking oh uh, he went to class then then he went home like then he would go back to his dorm room mm-hmm. and like you wouldn't see that motherfucker and i'm like yo like why you don't be chilling in the multicultural center or chilling in the library like i'm always in the library studying different shit so you can meet me in the library he's like nah man you know where i'm from we just we go to school we go home, and then, like, once a week, you know, we kind of hang out. 
and and I was like, "You're in college now." You know, like <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, I'm just I'm just used to it. That's just how it is," you know. And it keeps me out of trouble. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, trouble. The fuck? Trouble's like the fun pot of life. Right. Like, you know let's I mean? go. Yeah, you know I mean, like trouble for them was different. Cause like I, I decided to hang out with him once. I was mm-hmm. like, all right, like when you want to hang out? And he was like, Yeah, we could do like a Friday night. And I was like, cool. So what do you want? He's like, let's go cow tipping. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, word. Like I know where a farm is nearby. Like we could go tip some cows. And like that was trouble. You know what I mean? And that's cool. I think that's great. You know what I'm saying? Oh you're just making goodness. you're making good use of your environment or whatever <laughs> to have some fun. But it just shows like the difference in mentality because it's Whereas like Whereas in New York City you're like out until like seven in the I'm morning. Out until seven AM. <laughs> Trouble in New York is like almost getting into a fight with some gang members. Like you know what I'm saying? Like like you definitely like yeah, yeah. He was gonna pull out his knife. That shit was crazy, right? Like I for you know, sure like went out on a Monday for dinner once and ended up in a documentary or something for like <laughs> what's his face, like end of parole shit. It was like just a, I just went out to dinner. Yeah. I was like really conservatively dressed. I was out till like seven in the morning. Mm-hmm. That's what happens in New York. Yeah, on a Monday night. Yeah, it's just you know, <laughs> and and I think that part of, you know, part of the way culture is here, the way we have culture in New York, versus the way we have culture in like a rural area or a suburban area, there is, I would say that they look at urbanites or New Yorkers a certain way because of the type of trouble we're getting in and compare theirs is like innocent trouble versus ours is like words. Somebody's going to pull out a knife. Mm-hmm. We're like, motherfuckers pull out knives all the time and don't use that shit. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it's no big deal. And they're like, Oh my God, they were going to pull out a knife. It's like, it's, it's, it's both innocent. It's both innocent, right? Like it's both innocent, but like, you're like, you're, in, you're, no, it's not. Yours is not innocent versus ours. It's just, you know, we just tipping some cows. <laughs> Okay, so we got to wrap up soon, but I want to talk a little bit about succession efforts. Yeah. But actually, I want you to talk about it because you're the law dude, and I just mm-hmm. feel like you're better to lead this conversation. Yeah. So when you have like such differences in culture, and you have this idea, this old idea mm. of if you don't like it, then get out. Sometimes people are like, "All right, I'm out." <laughs> <laughs> Western Australia tries to do this all the time, by yeah. the way. Like Western Australia and Australia, which is yeah. currently like closed off from Australia. Yeah. They constantly are like, we're going to leave. And we're like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> go, yeah. Go, go. You know, and, and it's interesting because we've seen it also recently in culture with Sarah Silverman. Mm. But she was like, all right, if all y'all don't want to get vaxxed, like, just make a new fucking country. <laughs> Secede. We will have a vaxxed country and y'all have a unvaxxed country and you just don't come here <laughs> right and and it's interesting because there's a lot of so there's there's a lot of different concepts being kicked around that i also find interesting and they've been kicked around for a long time especially in silicon valley with this former like he's a former professor at stanford he's a co-founder of a bunch of startups and was a general partner at a huge venture capital firm. His name's Balaji Srinivasan. He wrote a paper and did like a presentation on exit and how people vote with their feet, right? And you voted with your feet mm-hmm. to come here to the U.S. Mm-hmm. Right? You, yeah. Whatever was going on in Australia, you said it's not working for me, so I'm going to exit. Yeah. You voted with your feet, right? And 
he sees that in the future that many people will continue to do that but we will have these digital infrastructures for people to secede or to exit right and we'll actually have large groups of people seceding so obviously we know the history of seceding and it caused the fucking war Right. The South was like, I'm fucking tired of y'all trying to end slavery. I'm trying to keep this shit going, <laughs> motherfucker. And you know what? I'm just going to make my own shit. And then the North was like, oh, yeah. Well, then I fight you for it. <laughs> right. And today it does not necessarily look. So the war, the civil war that we've had mm. previously, the physical civil war today is very different. Right. Now it's a cultural war or now it's a shame war. Right. It's a moral war. And so, for example, with with Brexit. Right. I'm so mad about that shit because I have like ancestral rights to be a UK citizen and I wanted that European shit later on. Oh. And then they had the goal to fucking leave. Mm-hmm. I'm just hoping Scotland like leaves the UK. Yeah. Because that's my ancestry. So I'm like, let's go. Okay. Jo- g- Scotland needs to exit you. and then like join the EU and then I'll go get my birthright and then I'll, I'll be chilling in it the EU. Yeah. yeah. But a lot of people actually like felt a way about that mm. when when Brexit happened. They were like, "Okay, you guys are fucking stupid." It's fucking stupid. Like, it's fucking stupid. <laughs> like they fucked themselves it's, so badly. It's the advent of populism, mm-hmm. right? But but it's also just a. What's well, because also we have this culture of like blaming migrants for shit. Like, oh, it's because of this and that. When yeah. actually, like, they've they've completely fucked themselves. They right. fucked it so bad. Yeah. yeah. But I I find it interesting too. That you're like, oh, I'm not leaving. Instead, like, we leaving. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, like versus if you don't like. So originally when we opened the episode, we said, if you don't like it, you leave. Mm. Right? Get out. And they're like, if we don't like it, like, we not leaving. We just saying, we not fucking with y'all. Which are two completely different things. Because mm. everybody in, let's say, a southern state like mm. South Carolina who would normally tell a black person who says racism is whack down here. They'd be like, well then leave. Mm. Right. They're like, Oh, well, I'm not going to leave South Carolina, even though I don't like it. I'm going to just say we stay in, but we just not fucking with y'all. It's a, <laughs> the, the ownership is so crazy to me. And it just shows the power of the group. And you see this happen in many different ways. So, like, people have put out legislation in California to break up California into seven states. I mean, before. California is a big, like, it's a very big and diverse state. Yeah, yeah it is. Mm. It is. And then, you know, obviously there's this huge cultural difference between Northern California and Southern California. Mm. Right. And and there's also like just a lot of wealth in different parts of California. Mm -hmm. So like Southern California has a lot of wealth. Northern California, I would argue, has probably even more wealth now. Mm. But like this, the taxes have to kind of be distributed across the entire state. Yeah. Right. So Northern Californians are like, well, y'all not running this machine the way I like it. And 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 also y'all paying these other motherfuckers who I don't really give a fuck about my money. So Yeah, not yeah. I only so went to I break out recently out. for the first time and it is different. Yeah. And no one was vaccinated. Yeah. <laughs> and so so California's northernmost counties are like, I wanna mm. break out and we wanna be the state of Jefferson. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So this whole idea of succession, I think, is is both an in-group and out-group kind of situation mm-hmm. where 
you have an in-group who completely believes in something, but instead of leaving to be an out-group somewhere else, they rather just stay and turn down the surrounding groups. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's my take on secession. Yeah. I mean, Texas always threatens to leave, right? Yeah. So Texas, Texas is always out. But Texas has always been that way historically. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Because Texas was its own country. Yeah. After it revolted against Mexico. Mm-hmm. And essentially, they got help from the United States to actually gain independence. But when they came to te- when they became a state in the U.S., they were just like, well, like, yeah, we're a state, but we're Texas. Oh, yeah, they definitely, Texans definitely seem to be yeah. much more state identifying than. Yes. I, I think, yeah, I think state identification is interesting. I always considered myself, like, I guess, Australian. And I didn't really think about it because I lived in so many places. I mm-hmm. didn't really think about myself as being like, like when people ask me where I'm from, I'm like, I really have lived in like a few different states. Like I'm kind of from all over. Mm-hmm. But obviously, like, born in Adelaide, spent my first 18 years there. But that's, like, as as time goes on, that's a very long time ago. Yeah. Like, I haven't lived there for 17 years. Feels kind of weird being, like, oh, I'm from there. Yeah. But in the pandemic, when I was stuck in Melbourne, Melbourne was, uh, Victoria was shut off from the world. And, like, Melbourne was getting, like, a lot of shit. Like, kind of, like, how at the beginning of the pandemic, New York was getting a lot of shit. Oh, yeah. But it went on for, like, a really sustained period of time. And a lot of people within the state started to more strongly because like we were really left behind on a national level started to really identify as victorian more like it was much more uh, so i feel more even though i'm not originally from there but i spent like my formative years as an adult in victoria i felt very victorian and not very australian when i was there last that's interesting because because like yes i'm from america but i feel I don't affiliate with America that I much feel, either. I, I feel, feel like a New Yorker. I feel like I'm from New York. But New Yorkers aren't, aren't like fucking Texas that goes and says we need a Texas in- Independence Referendum Act, proposes it. And, I mean. And then has a, has a fucking U.S. senator that says, yeah, we should succeed and take the military with it. Then I think we take fucking NASA and we take the military and the oil. Like, like. I, We're okay. not like that. So I have a question, though. So I've heard a few people float the idea of New York as like an international city. Like it's not, it's like it's like its own thing, but it's sort of like an international city that like welcomes all kind yeah. of thing. But something that I've often thought about is it is the United States and like a state is like what you usually call a country. I sort yeah. of feel like, do you think the future of America could be like the United States as in 50 different countries in sort of a European Union like agreement. Well, that's what it is now. Yeah, but it's but not the same. It's, not, it's one country. Like it, your it, your external policies are still all American in terms of like if I'm going to the if I'm going to France, I'm not getting an EU visa. I'm getting a French visa. Whereas if I'm getting an American if I'm going to New York, I'm not getting a New York visa. I'm getting an American visa. It's still like a country. Oh, you're so you're saying that if you're going to the EU, you're getting that country's specific. Visa. But then they have like a governing thing that sort of deals with like the inter, like that sort of deals with other stuff. But it's not like representative of each and every ideal of each country. So you still need a visa, a Belgian visa. To yeah, go to you don't Belgium. get an, you don't get an EU visa. You don't get an EU visa. But, but the once you've got you a, a visa US for visa. France, you can travel freely within the EU. Okay, mm. but it's still a French visa. It's still a French visa. It's not a EU visa. No. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So I don't like, see that happening. If I go to Europe, we have like the Schlangen Agreement or whatever. I'm sure it's the same for Americans. Uh-huh. So like if I go to Europe, I get like 90 days, right? Mm-hmm. 
So, and it's the same if I come to America. Mm-hmm. But if I go to Canada, then like that's separate. But if I go to France and Sweden and whatever, I can only be in Europe for 90 days. Mm-hmm. I can't be in France for 90 days, then Sweden for 90 days, then Germany for 90 days. I have to be in Europe for 90 days. So it's like an interesting kind of like in-between thing. That's not going to happen here. No, but I just reason- always thought it's interesting to think about yeah. it because like there's so much tension within the country. Like, would do you think it would run better if we had 50 different countries Well, no, and because- one like unifying thing in the middle? It's... It- because politically and legally, so politically, most state legislatures are Republican anyway. Even New York, mm. even New York state legislature is majority Republican. Mm. So you have a lot of Republican representation, even though you see this stark differential in political divide or cultural divide across the U.S. So that's first. Also, there's a coalition of cities. Because many cities have similar cultures, no matter what state they're in, mm-hmm. right? So, oh yeah, New York State, New York City is so, so different, right? And and every uh, almost every state is that way, mm. where like the major city is a bit more liberal than the rest of the state. That's because we have to see each other all the time, right? It's hard to like, it's it's hard to be conservative when you're on top of other people. Because you're and, like, you, you really fundamentally, I think that's what makes New York special. It's like you're so aware of like everybody else yeah. around you living and existing that you, it's kind of hard to be an asshole to people. And also the Constitution wouldn't allow states to have that amount of freedom. Mm. Like, yes, states have states' rights, but the federal government also has its own rights. So you would have to rewrite the entire Constitution to even get that type of agreement across. Interesting. Yeah, because by states being able to print their own passports for people to move into to to come to their state Mm. technically speaking they would be doing an act that is reserved to the federal government yeah the federal government would never let that fucking pass the supreme court smack that shit down and be like get that shit the fuck out of here don't try that shit again interesting yeah but you know we've gone on in this episode it is time to end it (laughs) this has been a chaotic fucking episode so thanks for sticking with us if you're still here we definitely this just got away from us he said we went from relationships i know to secession thanks for listening our next episode on the grind which is work life in america will be released on february 8th and i am super excited about that one because i have a lot of cultish thoughts on this Cult America is co-hosted and produced by us, Lisa Charlotte and Carl Joseph Black. Our production partner is Three Springs Media. Our audio engineering is by Sarah Gabrielli. Our research assistant is Thea Smith. I do not do the research. And our artwork is by Estella Illustrated. And the soundtrack is by King Virtue and So Soon. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify now who do offer reviews or share it with a friend. All of this really helps. You can also access bonus episodes on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash cultusapod. Thank you to our new Patreon supporter who gave us the best Christmas present ever, um, Ahmed, all the way from Australia, who has become our first patron. You have access to all our bonus episodes where we cover American movies, and this one is American History X, and it's been my favorite thing that we've covered so far. Classic. It is a lot. It's a lot. 
Uh, if you want to get in touch, please head over to cultusapod.com where you can leave comments on episodes, leave a voice memo or contact us through our contact form. You can also find us on Twitter at cultusapod. If you want to be featured in an upcoming episode, please send a voice clip to the email address in our show notes or there's a link, I think, to take you to a site to record as well. The next topics we are recording are on the police and on women and queer bodies in American society and law. So if you have thoughts on these, please submit them to us and we will see you next time. You're, you will hear us next time. You're. <laughs> My ancestors ain't died for me to be taking shit from no crackers. You want me to preach peace. But my frequency is on ratchet Don't want to protest when a whole ratchet Don't want a whole tap a whole balance Every chant for white lies A rant of white lies So we show them that black lives matter Last night I had a dream The cops